With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. Hope you're all doing very, very well. No Amanda tonight, unfortunately. You're stuck with our lovely faces. But um, we thought in lieu of no Arsenal performance this weekend that we can wax lyrical about. We take a look at some of our players that's out on loan at other clubs um, in England and around the world. Um, but before I get into that, Chris, how you doing, mate? I'm all right. Not too bad. And for those people that have just joined us and um, are tuning in and thinking, what the bloody hell has he just done with the music? Um, little technical problem. There'll be Amanda laughing in the chat room um, because I tried to do uh, let you in behind the uh, behind the curtain listener. I tried to do a little overlay beforehand for getting some music and then fudged it. So there we go. I'll get that right next time. But uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm not too bad. I thought I'd don. It's international week. So obviously I'll don the only colours that matter, which is Arsenal. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about a few loans. Maybe I guess we'll talk a little bit about internationals. We have to, I suppose. Uh, and uh, a certain uh, splendid footballer that plays for England and also plays for Arsenal. Yeah, you're there in your marvellous red shirt. And then there's me here in black kind of summing up my pretty morbid personality but but there we are and yeah a few technical difficulties but um this is this is the joy of taking over a podcast some of the challenges that we have to overcome and yeah it's been it's been good I mean for those that don't know we have recently taken over the channel uh, myself Chris and Amanda and it's been um it's been really exciting just everything with the rebrand the intro the logos everything and it's um it's getting there. It's ticking along nicely. And uh, as always, thank you to everyone that tunes in and um, and catches up with these shows. But before we get into the kind of nucleus of what we're going to talk about tonight, Chris, um, we were talking just before we went on air about England's performance tonight, and in particular, our fabulous number seven, who once again had a fabulous performance for England tonight, goal and an assist, both of which were brilliant from him. What did you make of his performance for England? 
I thought he was uh, he was his marvelous usual self, as we can expect. That finish was the sort of stuff that we've been watching quite regularly. I mean, he's got what 12, 13 goals for Arsenal this season, something like uh, six or seven assists. I can't remember the exact. I oh, know he's on 22, 23 assists. I must be on about 10, uh, 22, 23 goals and assists in total. But it was what you come to expect with Saka. And I think they said in the commentary in the second half that he scored now four goals in six games for England. There's a reason that he's called Star Boy, and it's because he is the Star Boy. Yeah, and it, it is like you were saying, kind of business as usual for Bukayo Saka. We we see we, we're lucky enough to see that sort of performance week in week out from him. But uh, I mean, because he's so consistent and he's so good at what he does, would you say it's over the top right now to say that he's one of the best, if not the best, wingers in the world? I think that I don't think that is. Um, over the top at all, mate. I mean, if you look at what else is out there, I'm not seeing players that are absolutely ripping it up for both club and country like Bukayo Saka is. Bukayo Saka was the best player on that pitch tonight, as far as I'm concerned. Every time Arsenal Arsenal, England were doing something um, positive, it was looking over to that far side. Even um, with the Harry Kane goal, he picks the ball up and he flips it out to Saka. He looks straight away, where's Saka? Because that's that's our boy. That's our boy. He's doing the business. We should be happy about that. And yeah, it was uh, it was lovely to see. But yeah, answering your question, there is no one better than Saka. Certainly on that right wing, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I don't watch a lot of the Champions League, but I haven't seen loads of it in the Champions League. Um, certainly, from what I have seen in the Premier League, I'm not really seeing. I mean, Mares has had quite a good season, I think, but. He's not really competing with Saka at the moment, is he? I mean, and it, what it does is it underlines just how important Saka is to us as well. So I don't know about you, but I was watching that second half basically on tenterhooks um, that, you know, Saka is just absolutely fine because I think he did. He did another 90 minutes today, didn't he? And ideally, when they were talking about the subs, when uh, Harry Kane came off, I wouldn't have minded seeing Bukayo Saka's number come up because he'd done the business, got a goal and assist. He's proven he's the best player on the pitch. Let's just uh, let's just move on. Yeah, I think one thing you've got to say about Saka, you know, take away his ability and his quality for one moment. He is always available. Right? It doesn't matter how many minutes he plays, how many games he plays. He is always there, always available. He's on course to do, fingers crossed, 38 out of 38 Premier League games for us this season, which is the exact same as he did last season. So that is 76 potentially consecutive Premier League games, which is mental. I can't think of many players who have done that. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but he's certainly on course to do it. And he doesn't look like he's getting injured or wearing down anytime soon. If anything, the more games he plays, uh, it's not always like that, but he looks like he's getting fitter and fitter and fitter. And, you know, he it, it's, it is a bit frustrating that he's played a full 90 minutes again tonight when he, he didn't really have to play that amount of time, given that, you know, we had Greedish on the bench and the likes of Kane was, was taken off. But um, we have got just under a week now until Leeds and you'd hope he comes back fit, firing, as he always does, as he showed tonight. But um, we could do a whole podcast talking specifically about Bukayo Saka. But as I say, tonight we're going to focus on the players that uh, are Arsenal players, but are currently on loan at other clubs. And we've got 10 to get through, so we're not going to go through absolutely every single name because there's a lot of academy prospects out there. There are some players that I'll say, full disclosure, we're not going to talk about the likes of Renison, Cedric, Mari, because I think we all know that you know it's kind of foregone. Sell, 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 sell. Well, it's very bold of you to assume we'll get any money for those guys, but... Um, <laughs> 
maybe uh, maybe we can touch on them a little bit later, but I think a lot of us know that those are kind of foregone conclusions, whether we get minimal fees or they're, you know, inevitably released. But um, some of those guys, you know, Cedric, I know you're not a fan of him, but he's he's done an okay service for Arsenal, but Runners and Marie played really we're never at Arsenal level, if we're being completely honest. But the first player I want to touch on is a little bit of a forgotten man, um, still very young, only 20 years old. And uh, he, he was very, very hyped up, someone that we'd spoken very highly of a season or two ago. He's had a couple of loans that haven't quite worked out, injury problems galore. Uh, his name is Miguel Aziz, Chris. How have you uh, oh, wow. found him? Yeah, I tell you what, you know, you talk about forgotten men. We were joking before and I was like, I've brought up every single one of the transfer marked players that we've got out on loan. He's the one player that I didn't call up. And if you ever want an example of um, a forgotten man, it's that I basically didn't even include him in that. But he's had a he's had a very interesting career up to this point, hasn't he? Because there was a lot of conversation about him. I remember, um, was it under Emery, he even uh, got one or two Europa League minutes. I think he's had a few very, very sparing minutes, or maybe right at the beginning of Arteta's tenure. And I looked at Aziz and thought, and actually it was probably a couple of pre-season games that we've seen him a few years ago. And I thought a lot of people said, you know, this guy could be that midfield player that we're looking for. Um, It's not quite worked out Portsmouth when he went out there um it it feels like he's a bit of he's the sort of guy that's in need of a a bit of a move probably like a a complete career move in terms of um permanency I think because I don't know how old he is right now you said 20 he's 20 at the moment you know there's still time for him to make some sort of impression in the Arsenal team but when you think about some of the academy players that are coming through you know, you even said last week on the pod, uh, Cozia Dubery, I said Patino. These guys are all that sort of age or younger. And even though there's plenty of time, people develop at different ages. I just get the feeling with Aziz that his career at Arsenal is maybe, maybe it's just gone by the wayside a little bit. And sometimes you just need to accept that not everyone's going to make it and we probably need to move on. Yeah, I think it's interesting with Aziz because I do remember it was probably about two years ago and you're right to mention that he did get a couple of minutes in Europa League, if, if we're both correct on that. I do remember him getting a few uh, occasional first-team appearances, not not from the start, but off the bench. And he was spoken about as kind of this prodigy, the next big thing. We were kind of putting him in the same bracket as Smith Rowe, Bukayo Saka, in terms of breaking into the first team. And when you look at his build and his profile, you can understand why there was so much hype about him. And when you look at his clips in youth team football, he does look like a fantastic player. But my big worry with him, I suppose, number one is the injuries, because we've seen this season that we're we're being very ruthless with guys that can't stay fit. And that would obviously limit an opportunity at Arsenal. But then also he's gone out to uh, Portsmouth on loan. He's not quite cut the mustard there, despite their manager at the time saying very positive things about him. I think, again, he was unlucky with injuries during his time at Portsmouth. He's gone out to Ibiza uh, on yep. loan, which is you know not a bad place for a 20-year-old to go out on loan. Um, and again, though, you know he's, he's not quite cut it in the second tier of Spanish football, I believe they're in. And now yeah, he's, he's, got, he's played currently... 13 games in total. So he's played, um, I've just got the numbers up. So he played 10 for um, Ibiza. He's had two in the championship, one in the Copa del Rey. So he's not exactly smashing it up is he let's be honest he's had a total of 593 minutes in the La Liga total number of just over a thousand minutes and for a whole season but to be fair as you said a couple of injuries in there as well 
Yeah, I mean, he's gone to Wigan on loan now, and I think he's only made a handful of appearances there. And again, that's a Wigan team that's assisting at the bottom of the championship. And if he can't get into that team again, that that's that's a bit of a worry for um for me, certainly. And I'm sure Arsenal will be having similar concerns. But at 20, I mean, you don't want to write him off. But I think looking from the outside in, he feels very Tyrese John Julesy in that he might get a few more loans out. And again, he's a player that we could have spoken about on this pod, but he's someone in John Jules that I feel, again, it's a foregone conclusion what's going to happen with him because um, he's a, another one that struggled with injuries and kind of seems to be petering out his time at Arsenal. Um, is Aziz someone that you would give one more loan or would you be looking to move him on this summer? I can't see, as you just said, if he's not ripping it up at a club like Wigan at the moment, I don't see how we we get we get him into the first team. Like there's so many players in his position. If you think about where he plays central midfield, defensive midfield, like we're already talking about the summer and we're talking about the likes of getting a another player that can play where party plays. And then I said last week you've got Patino that plays in that deep lying role. And I think they've got quite a lot of hope for Patino. And there's there's a couple of players I think that are in his position ahead of him so for me I think it's probably best you know cut the uh cut the ties say thank you very much go and make a good career son um maybe in a championship club or a a league one club yeah and I think that would be a fair assessment like I, I said before if he's got these continuous injury problems in Arsenal I think as they've shown recently that they're going to be ruthless with these guys um but we're going to stick in the championship with our next player um again another one that's towards the end of last season, picked up a lot of hype, had a fantastic loan spell. Uh, this one is Brooke Norton Cuffey. Very powerful, very young, um, right wing back he seems to be playing at the moment. He's had a good few loan spells. I believe uh, he was in League One the season before last, or League Two, I can't quite remember. Um, but at the minute, he's he's plying his trade in the championship with Coventry after a good spell with uh, Rotherham. Um, what do you make of Brooke Norton Cuffey, Chris? Do you know what? It's a really interesting one because I remember about this time last year, us talking about, I think it was probably this time last year when we had our injury, we had a lot of injury problems. Tommy Asser was out. Um, He was ripping it up in League One and looking, he was looking like an absolute mad mountain, wasn't he? He was looking like a proper player. Um, Very, very good technically, good with the ball at his feet, power, strength. I was quite impressed with him, I have to say. Um, The challenge we've got is that Again, much like um, much like Aziz, I think we're going to end up going for somebody. We've, there was rumours in January about this Fresneda. Um, you've got Tommy Asso, albeit he's injury prone. You've got Ben White, who has now established that position. I think that was a that was a challenge. So a year ago, we we're all looking at this, saying there's possibly an opportunity for someone to come in and be understudy to Tommy Asso. I don't think anyone expected that it would be. Ben White up first with Tommy Asu in uh, in reserve, and because of that position, yeah, all right, maybe because of Tommy Asu's injury proneness, there's plenty of minutes that that, that someone like Norton Cuffey could get. But I don't see it at the moment. However, unlike Aziz, it does look like he's the sort of player. You know, he played in League One last season. He's been playing in the Championship this season. By all rights, he sounds like he's been doing all right, to be honest with you. You know, he is getting minutes. He's uh, he's played 34 times in the Championship this season. He's got over 2,000 minutes, a couple of assists. Um, I think he's a player. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to talk about Austin Trusty as well in a bit, who's, who's, who's doing well in the, the Championship. I think he's a player that... As long as we get tied down to a nice long contract, it feels like his next evolution, you know, he's done League One, 
He's done the championship. His next evolution is um, probably to try a prep, try his hand at a Premier League club. You know, if we get a 20-year-old Brooke Norton Cuffey who can establish himself as a Premier League right back, then maybe it makes us think twice in this. I mean, are we, I still think we'll probably end up going for that Fresneda. Or it seems to me that Arteta loves his profile. And if that's the case, perhaps another loan has to be the thing. I don't think we should be cashing in on him yet. Um, just before you, uh, you sort of jump in with your, your kind of thoughts, um, we are obviously uh, star, I'm starring a lot of the questions in the chat. So when we get to the last five, 10 minutes, um, I will uh, read out some of those questions. So a uh, bit of shout out. Thanks to uh, putting your questions in. Uh, Phil, uh, Rob, um, you know, um, Rob Stevens, Phil Macker. We've got Emerson, Emerson Alan Cozier. Nice name. Like it. Um, PG's around, um, Rob Stevens. Yeah, good to have you guys on board. But uh, start put us any questions. We'll answer them for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. But yeah, back to you, mate. Yeah, please do get those questions in there. Much appreciated as always. And we'll try to get through as many as we possibly can at the end. But um, my only slight worry with Norton Cuffey is that he seems to be establishing himself as a right wing back, which obviously isn't a formation we play. And he seems to have, his, ab- his attributes are very much in the final further the pitch, which, um, you know, Ben White has certainly got those qualities, but he's a very different type of profile. And I just wonder if he could play as a more disciplined right back in the mould of Tommy Asu or Ben White. But like you say, with Tommy Asu having those injury problems, I do definitely think there is an opportunity for him to get a chance at Arsenal, not next season, but a season after that. I think um, by the time the summer comes around, he'll still only be 19 years old. And if we can get a move for him to a, a you know a bottom 10 Premier League side or a newly promoted Premier League side, or even a, a you know a promotion pushing side in the Championship, um, I still think that'd be a very good move for him because, like you say, comes back at 20, could almost be there. I think are we pretty unanimously agreed that a loan would be a good thing for him next season? I think so. And let's also bear in mind, he's only just turned 19. So he's 18, he was 18 at the beginning of the season. His birthday's on January the 12th. So, you know, he's only just turned 19. If we get um, if we get a, a good loan out of him next season, this could and he, and he develops and proves it. I mean, let's be honest, if he's if he's gone, he went into a championship team at 18 years old at the beginning of this season. He's all played all of these performances. There's something in there. You can't you can't just drop that, I don't think. No, certainly not. He is a player to keep your eyes on. Um, like I say, very powerful. He got a few goals when he was at Lincoln. And uh, like you say, Chris, got a few assists in the championship this season. So he, he's definitely an exciting player and one that, uh, you know, even if he does eventually leave, I'll still be keeping my eye on because he's just, I just love attacking fullbacks like that. Um, yeah. But we're going to stay in the championship once again and we're going to move on to what uh you know is hailed as the next star boy um in charlie patino chris i mean so much is being uh, expected of this guy and we saw when he broke onto the scene last season just how much talent he's got and this loan at blackpool has certainly given him a platform to show what he can do shame mick mccarthy had to come in and kind of stop that but um he is a player that we're also excited to see maybe maybe not next season it might be a bit too soon again he's a very young guy but He's certainly got to be pushing for a Premier League loan move next season, surely. I think so too. I definitely think so too. I was actually there last season um, it, at, at the away game at Forest where he made his Arsenal debut. I actually, uh, funnily enough, um, with uh, Mr Seager, I met his dad on the way into the uh, on, into the stadium and his dad said at the time, he said, uh, the, the team news was about five, ten minutes away from coming out and he said, Charlie's playing today. And that was kind of quite a buzz. He was quite buzzing on that and you know it was a difficult afternoon because I think Arteta had rotated a lot of players but 
I saw raw materials, even just a few raw materials there. He didn't have the most amazing games, but, you know, it's a debut when the team's been chopped and changed quite a lot. But his Blackpool move this season has been absolutely astounding so far. And they absolutely love him at Blackpool. Like, And when you see some of the... Um, kind of the compilations, the YouTube compilations of his his passing range and his his um, his ability to distribute the ball. Like he looks like that sort of progressive passing player that, you know, I don't want to make comparisons to Thomas Party, but one of the great things about Thomas Party, obviously he's a big, strong physical presence, but actually also, as we all know, his ability to um, find that progressive four plus in between lines from deep, that's been a really important part of our season. I think probably Patino needs to bulk up a little bit. You know, he's he's again he's t- he turned uh, nineteen in October, so still plenty of of growing time. And I think one of the good things what what we forget or what I forget as an Arsenal fan is that the last sort of three, four, five years we've basically had a situation where we've not been that great. And me personally, I've forgotten what it was like in the early two thousands. It was bloody hard to break through to that to, to that, that those teams those early Arsene Wenger teams because they were competing for league titles so I think if we continue to compete as we're doing as I, and we all hope that we, we can continue to compete as we're doing it's going to be difficult to break in so a lot of these guys aren't going to make it now if Charlie Patino is going to make it I feel like again he's another guy as you just said that needs a season of Premier League football to show that he can do it and once he's got that then people start to go, OK, this is uh, this is interesting. And we've got a lot of young players who are just they just dropped down that next level um, and, and they've not been given those Premier League moves. And it just feels as a few of them where we're probably going to need to have a few Premier League moves to see, you know, can they cut it? Because so many footballers talk about the difference between Championship and the Premier League, the step up in terms of the lack of time that you get, all of that sort of stuff. Championship is a brilliant league. But I still feel like um, I still feel like some of these players need to need just to confirm that we've got a couple of uh, comments in the quote. We've got a co- in, uh, comments in the chat. Uh, uh, Emerson Alan Alan Cozier says on about Patino. He was out of favour when he got sent off, and now slowly he's getting back into the team. And he was injured before Christmas. So obviously, somebody that maybe follows him a little bit closer than we do. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, um, one interesting thing about Patino is that there's been a lot of debate as to where he would play if he was to come back into this Arsenal team um, whether he could play as the 6 or the 8 and I think you're very right in saying that he 
probably doesn't have the right profile in terms of his build to play that parte role for us just yet. And to be fair, I don't think there's any expectation for him to do that. You know, we're being linked with, linked with the likes of Declan Rice. So I don't think the club see him coming in and slotting in there anytime soon. But um, where would you prefer to see him play? Do you think he could be that Thomas Partey-S player or do you see him playing in that more further up the field role, i.e. in the position that Granite Jack is playing right now? I think because I haven't, when I've seen the very little I've seen of him in sort of compilations and where he's receiving the ball, naturally he just looks very, very comfortable taking it from deeper positions. And so that's where my head's at. But listen, if you're a good enough player, if you've got enough of, if you've got enough technical ability, particularly on the ball, then you can certainly play into those into those left or right eight positions. The challenges he will have again is um, there is just there's just so much talent and quality in the first team currently there that breaking through there is going to be quite difficult. And you just look at Sandy Lukonga. Sandy very well thought of when he arrived. Very a few very very good games. He finds himself a season later and he's on loan at Palace. So it feels to me like again. What Sambi's doing at Palace is the right thing by getting minutes in the Premier League. And that's what, what Patino needs. Answering your question, it looks to me like he's a deep-lying playmaker and that's where we need him. Um, as you said, he needs to bulk up. But actually, I know we're talking about loans, but you could probably say the same thing about a certain Mr Fabio Vieira as well, because I know that's been labelled at him quite a bit. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Really interesting point. And maybe we should do another show at some point about who we should potentially loan out next season. But I don't think Vieira is someone that the club would be looking to do that to anytime soon. But that is a, a really good point. Just very quickly before we move on to our next player. On Patino, I do I can't help but feel that there maybe is a pathway into this Arsenal team. Granted, there is talent in front of him, and I don't think it would be in the Partey position just yet for the reasons that we've already mentioned. Um, and if we were to get someone like Declan Rice again, that you know that puts him back years and years and years in terms of getting into that role. But with Granite Jacker's position, I know it might not be the one that we all envisage him immediately going into, but with Jacker turning 31 this year, seemingly showing, showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon, but the club will inevitably look to phase him out at some point. I, I don't think that next season he'll be he'll be gone but the season after that I still I do still think he'll be be here for a good few years yet but as the club maybe look to give him that more bench role that could be where Patino gets his opportunity in terms of sharing minutes with someone like Granit Xhaka but by then we could be looking at Fabio Vieira in that role so many ifs buts and beautiful prospects at Arsenal in a minute but we'll uh, we'll leave it there on Patino I think we we could agree a loan for him in the Premier League next season would be fantastic for his development. Um, but we're going to go to one player who's not a Hale-End product, but came to Arsenal with a lot of expectation last season and was actually here for the first part of the season um, in Marquinhos, now enjoying a positive spell at Norwich. He's found minutes a bit hard to come by. He came uh, into the team with an injury, but he, he's managed to get himself a goal. Uh, I think I think he's got at least one assist there. Um, and the Norwich fans seem to be really, really excited by him. Um, obviously, he started for us pretty positively, got that goal in the Europa League, but then never got a look in, to be quite honest. And mm -hmm. how can you when you're the, the player in front of you is Bukayo Saka? But um, yeah, a very exciting player, Chris. I think so. Do you know, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, he is going to find it difficult to get minutes if he keeps getting wrongfully sent off uh, in the championship, as he did. Uh, I can't remember who that was against, but they had that one overturned. But I, I like Marquinhos. I like the he the sort of build that he's got. He's a very sort of stocky, strong-looking, 
pacey wide forward. And when he came into the team for that first game, for that uh, FC Zurich game, I was looking at him thinking, this could be a very, very good understudy. But one of the challenges is, as you said, he's always going to have is that he's got Bakayo Saka in front of him. But I think also the reason why he's gone on loan, I suspect, is because, yeah, it's good to get in minutes, but it's because, again, there's a lot of traffic in front of him. Because I think Arteta's look, looked at the likes of Trossard who can play there. He's got um, Emil Smith-Rowe. I know he hasn't played there very much, but I think he's played there once or twice on that right. But he very, he's got very, very versatile forwards. So he doesn't need to uh, to he doesn't need to dip into kind of uh, Marquinhos territory. And I guess also you've got Reese Nelson that's come back into the fold and has, has scored a few goals. I think this the time between now and the end of the season is going to be really really important for him because if he can establish himself regularly in that Norwich team. Um, Score goals, get assists. As you said, he scored one goal and he's got one assist. He's doing all right. He's had five uh, appearances so far um, for for, for, for uh, Forest. I said uh, Norwich, sorry, not Forest. Um, my gut feel is that it probably still, it probably won't get much of a look in next season. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I could see him playing plenty of minutes for us next season if we were still in the Europa League, for example, or because, you know, you've got Europa League, League Cup, potentially FA Cup right at the beginning of January each year as well. So there could be something in it for him then. But I think Arteta is going to, he's, he's looking to build a very, very strong sort of 18, 19 players. And within that 18 and 19, I think the his strongest options that he wants with the way that he wants to build up and the way that he wants us to dominate possession and spend more time in opposition territory is to have very, very strong, six at least, very, very strong forward three. And I don't think that Marquinhos, being the player he is, being the age he is, I mean, again, another guy that is still only uh, 19, he turns 20 in just a few days. It just feels to me like he's the sort of guy that they took a stab on and they're going to see how he goes. But you need, again, need to see him for a whole season next season. So again, another one that whether or not it's a championship loan or a Premier League loan, I don't know, but Minutes now would be really, really good and important for him. And I wonder if Norwich may even just say, well, can we have him again uh, if he if he plays well? Yeah, and if Norwich get up into the Premier League um, via the playoffs, then there'll be an ideal loan move for him. And hopefully um, that's something that could possibly happen. But I do also think there is an interesting route for him at Arsenal because let's say Reese Nelson doesn't get his contract renewed and, you know, don't uh, don't come at me, but I don't think it will, to be honest. I think he probably will go in the summer. Um, we don't actually have many players that play on the right naturally. I mean, you mentioned Trossard, Smith-Rowe. They, do, they can play there, but it's not kind of their out-and-out position. Whereas Saka, we know that's his, his place now. Marquinhos, he does play his football there. Um, I do think, like you say, next season probably would be too soon for him. But I definitely see there's a pathway to him. And even if he isn't to come back next season, uh, I think we've still got to sign someone to kind of be an understudy to Saka because we realistically, we don't really have anyone there that can be be that guy if Saka was to get a long-term injury. But Do you uh, not think Trossard? Do you not think well, Trossard or could, can do that? I know he hasn't done that so far because he's been playing him off the left. But I just want, and he's played him obviously as a central striker. Um, I don't think that was their original plan to play him as a central striker. I think they just got forced into it because of obviously the injury to Enketia. But I wonder if he's, he'll look at someone like Trossard as that option. I'm not sure whether or not we'll buy a right winger because of that. What do you think? It's an interesting one. I don't think there's any 
immediate need for Arsenal to panic into thinking that we need a right winger desperately because we have got people that can play that. As I say, it's not natural to them, but I think Martinelli would be absolutely fine there. I know he's kind of found himself on the left-hand side, but he has played on the right for us. Um, scored some very good goals from the right. I don't know if people remember, but when he came back from his long-term injury, he scored a beautiful goal against Newcastle where he took it on the volley. It was just like dinked over the keeper. It was fantastic. So I think he can definitely play there without any issue. Um, might not be as good for the system because we know Arteta likes his inverted wingers. But again, it's an option for us in the worst case scenario where Saka was to get a long-term injury. Smith Rowe, he's played a lot of football there for the England youth setup. Um, and Trossard I, I, Trossard, I honestly think he could play absolutely anywhere. I think he's that good. So yeah, we have got options there. There isn't an immediate need, but someone who could naturally play that role, I think would definitely be of benefit to the team. Um, but We'll leave it there on Marquinhos for the time. Can I just you just no, triggered, no, 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 you no. just triggered something with me? Um, can we have a bit of a shout out for Emil Smith Rowe uh, getting his sixty six minutes um, yesterday, and then also bagging himself a goal for the under twenty ones? I thought that was really, really, really important for him to get another batch of minutes under his belt. I can only think that'll be good for us in terms of the running for our next ten games. Yeah, depending on how things go against Leeds, I would like to see him get significant minutes. In that game, you know, none of us are thinking he'll start it, but if we're a couple of goals to the good, touch wood, fingers crossed, and toes crossed, of course, he can get some time because those 66 minutes and that goal for England, okay, it's down to 21s, it's not the first team, but we all know since coming back from his injury that he's not looked like the Emil Smith Rowe that we want him to look like, but he looked a lot more like Smith Rowe in what I've seen of him in that game. So fingers crossed and touch wood, he can get, uh, get a bit of time on Saturday, but we're going to take a trip over to Ligue 1 in France and have a look at Nuno Tavares, who has had a very good season with Marseille. It's not been entirely smooth sailing. And from what I've seen, the Marseille fans have been a little bit disgruntled with some of the inconsistencies, surprise, surprise, in his performances. But the amount of goals he scored, the, the goal contributions he's getting, he has looked impeccable in some of the clips I've seen of him. But again, I, I saw a ridiculous red card he got, which he can't look to blame anyone else for, completely his own his own doing that time. And we do know he has those slight disciplinary issues, but he's getting a lot of goals, a lot of minutes. Um, would you say the gamble we took on him is, is paying off? Uh, yes, but probably only as a potential um, cash cow, I think. I think we bought him for 7 million quid. Um there's a player. Do you know what Arsenal fans? I've had so many Arsenal fans say this. There's a player in there, but it's just got to be unlocked. And it feels like Marseille f- fans, or certainly some of the French journals or English journals that report on French football, I've seen say say some uh, some things as well. We've got Yomi in the uh, chat. He's obviously a big fan. Nunu Clasveres. Um, interesting uh, take on the uh, the player sort of name there. But to me, he's an interesting one. And I'm going to put a bit of a left of field uh, thought on it. And I want to get your opinion. When Gareth Bale first came onto the scene, he uh, he played as a left back, didn't he? I, I think he played as a left back for Southampton. And I don't know if he started. I think he started off at Tottenham as a left back. Um, and then they moved him forward and it just unlocked him. I really wonder if Nuna Tavares is exactly the same sort of guy that needs to be pushed further up the pitch and unlocked maybe as a wide forward because we can see how good he is going forward 
you know, driving. He's got he's got a goal in him. He's got six goals this season in uh, League One. Uh, in thirty two, sorry, he's played thirty two games, all competitions for Marseille this season. He's got six goals, um, five, five yellow cards and one red card. He's got plenty of minutes, but he feels to me like a player that should just be further up pitch. And for that reason, that's why I think we probably will end up having to cash in on him, um, if not this summer. Then at some stage, I don't think Tavares is going to want to come back and play second or third fiddle because he's got so many, he's had so many minutes. I think he'll want to go somewhere and play. And if that's the case, we should probably look at offloading him. Question for you, Mr. Cook. How much do you think we'd get for him? Mm, that's what I wanted to ask you. So thank you for All right. that. <laughs> I'll have a <laughs> no, go then. No, no, no. I'll go first. I'll go first. I think we could look to get 15 to 20 million for him, which I, I, really do feel would be a great return on the investment we've made given that you know he's he's been at Arsenal for he had one season he's gone on loan to Marseille I think Marseille might be tempted to take him on a permanent um what I've seen conflicting reports about that but I know when he went out to Marseille he was keen himself on it becoming a permanent deal and um like you mentioned I I don't see him coming to Arsenal in any sort of defensive capacity that was his main flaw last season Attackingly, I just I love the chaos factor about him. You know, what right did he have to score that goal against Man United when we beat them at home last season? Why was he even there? Like that's that's not yeah. where your left back should be. But I don't yeah. I don't believe he's got the ability or the technical quality to play the Zinchenko role. But as an option on the left hand side, he he would be exciting and cause bedlam. But he's not going to want to play second fiddle, having played virtually every game for Marseille. So I'll flip that back to you. What do you think we can get for him? So it's interesting. Um, Yomi in the chat has just said uh, 40 million. I think we would be very fortunate to get 40 million quid. Let's bear in mind we paid 7 million quid for him. On your, I just call you out on the, on your, he's got no right to be playing, to be turning up there as a left back um, for the Man United one. What's our current left back doing? He's he's not a left back though, is he? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I think actually that links to to my next point. I will answer the questioner and give you a value in a minute, but I just want to pick up on the Zinchenko-Tavares thing. We've seen this season Tierney try to play that inverted left-back role for uh, when Zinchenko's not been around or when he's coming on as a sub. Um, I I can't see how Nuno Tavares can play that role. I I don't think he's as good with the ball at his feet. Well, that's not true. He's good at driving runs. Um, he's like you said, he's chaos factor, but he doesn't have the passing range that someone like Zinchenko does. And that's what's caught Tierney out in trying to play that position this season. He just he, do, he can't he can't do it. He makes he does an admirable job of it, but he can't do it. And I'll probably I'll tell you what, we've got some in the chat, so I'll read them out. So Luke Williams has said 25 to 30 million max. I would say that's probably I'd love it. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'd be surprised if we get that. Rob Stevens has also said 25 million. I'm more in line with probably Phil Macker. He said be lucky to get 10, 15 million. I think, Phil, we're probably looking at between 15, 15 to 20. We should probably say go for it, which is, of course, what Emerson Alan Cozier has just uh, has popped in the chat as well. Um, pop your thoughts in the chat. Pop questions to us in the chat if you want to, uh, to talk about as well. Um, Yomi has said... Sell him 35 million and 5 million add ons to Chelsea. And Chelsea, of course, would do a 17, no, they'd do a 35 year deal so they could amortize it and uh, only pay, only bank a million pound uh, a year on that 35 year contract that they'd give to Nuno Tavares. But yeah, long winded way of answering your question, which is 
15 to 20 million, maybe. Transfer marked has his value at 18 million euros, which I think is about 15 million quid, which probably seems about right. Mm, if he was to go to Chelsea with with Mudrick struggling a little bit, you know, he, he might not be a bad option for him. So don't rule that one out. But I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything north of 15 million, given that he, he's not quite suited to the way we want to play, I, I don't really think the club should hesitate. We, we all know there's a player in there. He's exciting, but we all know the flaws that he would have playing in his Arsenal team. So anything north of 50 million, we've doubled our money. Happy days. He gets his move. All parties are happy. Um, so I hate to say it, Chris, but we're going back to the championship. Austin Trusty having a very, very, very solid season with Birmingham. Um, a bit of an odd one when he came in. I think a lot of people were sort of under the impression that he was coming in as sort of a player to profile Arsenal in America, uh, which I think is a little bit harsh. Um, I can understand that way of, of thinking, given that it was a surprise move. You know, he's not a young guy. He's in his mid-20s. Uh, but, you know, proving himself at Birmingham, and could he come back to be an option at Arsenal in place of Rob Holding, perhaps? I'd take him, yeah. I mean, um, USA International, uh, as of uh, this last week, Austin Trusty, I think he even got an assist um in in the uh, in the game i saw something um i saw something on uh, social media uh, where he talked about trusty the process i think i love the way that he's also embracing that hashtag too absolutely brilliant but no i mean he's made 41 appearances so far uh, he's got four goals two assists picked up a few uh, yellows got eight yellows so far but i tell you what it, you could do worse like you said he's 24 uh, he turns 25 in um in uh, August, uh, I think it was. August. Yeah, yeah. It's twenty-five in August. Is he better than? It probably. It feels to me like get him in in the summer, and depending on what you can get for holding, you know, if we get if someone comes in and says give you sort of ten, fifteen million quid for Rob Holding, and you've got this guy who can play in at maybe a fourth or fifth choice centre half, then. I've got no problem with it. The challenge that we'll probably have is again, he'll probably want game time. Um, he's not going to get it at Arsenal because I'm not. Re- he's not displacing Saliba or Gabriel, and I don't think even as a. I think Arteta's third choice centre half, um, right sided centre. Well, it's going to be holding, but I think he'd probably even play Ben White if uh, if Tommy Asu was fit. So my gut feel is that he's not going to want to be that fifth choice centre half. And how many times would he play? He'd probably play a League Cup game or two um, into next season. That's about it. So my gut feel is one of holding or trusty probably needs to be sold. And if they can get more money for trusty, then actually, even though he's not played a, a game for Arsenal, they probably still make much more than they actually got for him. How much do we pay for him? Do you know? That's a fantastic question. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it was a lot. Is there any news on that on a, on transfer market? No, I couldn't see anything. Well, let's assume it was sub five million. Um, It says, well, all I've got is his current value. Um, It says his total fees. uh, This one says we bought him for two million euros. So it's not a big fee. Okay, so let's say we were to sell him for a decent fee, which I think we would be able to, given that he's had such a solid season with Birmingham and played a lot of minutes and is held in high regard in the championship. Another one where I'm going to ask you, how much do you think we could get for him? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, having such a good season in the championship, playing so well, 24 years old, he'll have suitors and, and he's established himself. If you think, um, what was it, three years ago, Derby paid £10 million for Bielik after he had a, a really, really good season um, and we got £10 million quid for him. I don't see why we couldn't get 10 12 15 million quid for him. And if that happens, what a fantastic bit of business that is. You sign a player uh, from through your uh, through your the club network, um, Colorado Rapids. He doesn't play for you. He has an absolutely storming season and you make a massive profit. That's the sort of selling that we should be doing if we are looking at, um, you know, if we're looking at being serious sellers in future. You know, we've bashed the club, but I've bashed the club certainly in the last four years for being rubbish sellers. But something like that, would be an absolutely genius move. So Yomi thinks that uh, 12 million at best. Uh, Emerson thinks 10 million. Uh, we've got uh, Yomi again saying Rob holding for 30 million. I think uh, Yomi's uh, uh, certainly in the wishful thinking brigade there. Uh, a couple of your predictions there, mate. We're not sure. I'm, I'm not sure you'll get that much for Bob holding. Well, what's maybe that? Bob holding's hair. <laughs> 70 million for holding in Tavares. Well, you know, why not? Um, sell them both to Spurs. What <laughs> about. Um... Okay, so let's say we get 10 million for him potentially, and then we do get another 15 for Tavares, Tavares, however you want to say it. 25 million for two players that you know aren't really going to get a look in at Arsenal, and that's not even taking into account some of the other players that we're going to get through and some of the guys that we've got within the club that we may look, look to move on. So I think we're in line for a really good, hopefully, really good summer. Um, on the selling front, but one player that I think uh, might struggle to get a fee. Um, in the summer is Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So we're coming back to the Premier League. And I, I think, personally, it's a real shame what's happened with Maitland-Niles' career. Um, I really liked liked him as a right-back. I never thought he was a central midfielder. I know that's where he wanted to play, but I just never saw it. I remember he played one game there in particular at Old Trafford where Pogba really praised him. And he did he did do well in that game. That was, I think, in Arsene Wenger's last season. Um, but for me, he's always been a right back or, or at least a left back. And he just never seemed to want to solidify his career there. Um, and I even remember in that 2020 FA Cup final, it was him that played in place of Bukayo Saka at left wing back and put in a fantastic performance. And to see his career kind of curtail, I mean, that, that loan he had at West Brom was pretty naff. Um, and this loan he's having at Southampton, he's been in and out of the team. I think he's starting to show a bit of form now. He played mm-hmm. um, very well in the past couple of games. Um, I don't think there's any future for him at Arsenal, Chris, but uh, where, where do you see it going for, for Maitland-Niles? There isn't. The challenge is, I don't know if transfer marks is accurate here, but they're saying that uh, his contract's up this summer. So we wouldn't even get any. I don't know if we've got an automatic, we've activated a one-year extension on it. Oh, we have? We do, yeah. Yeah, so in that case, if you've got a player on one year left on his deal, um, he's made 20 appearances in all, sorry, that includes um, one Premier League, two appearances. So he's made 19 appearances in all comps. He's played 1,300 minutes. He's played five times as a right back, uh, five times as a defensive middle fielder, four times as a central midfielder. So he is getting his opportunities. I think he did quite well. Um, was it at Man City? No. When was his? I think 
it was uh, I think they when they played at home recently, he's, he's played quite well. Um, it might have been at Brentford or, or Tottenham or whatever it was, but yeah, it was Tottenham actually. I think he, he's he's poor, performed quite well, um, got himself an assist. But I'm with you, he hasn't got a future. This is really now about how much money can we actually make from a guy with one year left on his deal. Again, I'm writing down some of the numbers, so um, stick it in the chat, guys, too. Interesting uh, comment from Rob Stevens. What I think we'll do right at the end um, of this, um, uh, James, is let's tot up uh, what we've written down. So I've written down trusty 10 million, Tavares 15 million. Um, Gut feel is Tierney will probably go. That's what Rob Rob, uh, Stevens has said in the chat as well. He said he thinks we'll sell Tierney. I've got a feeling that might happen as well, which will probably happen at uh, 25 million. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, if we get like five million quid for him with a year left to go, I think we'd probably just take it, wouldn't you? I think it's a real shame that we're talking about five million quid for him because he he is a talented player. I don't know if it's an attitude thing. Um, I think it must be to a certain extent because he had. We've seen his talent. We know what he can do when he was playing. He he was a first choice right back for Arsenal at one point in um in the 2018-19 season under Emery. I mean, when we were playing a three-four-three, he was that guy on the right hand side of the pitch. I remember in particular United at home, fantastic performance. And he did have some really good games. And there was a point where I can't remember, was it the end of the 2020 season? Was it Wolves came in with 20 million for him and we said no? Um, Looking back, that was mental. We really should have taken that money because we're not going to get anywhere close to that. And I think you're bang on with 5 million. I don't think we'll get anything more than that. Um, With a year left on his deal, with a guy that's essentially a jack of all trades, master of none. I think five million is about right. I think he's a useful addition to a newly promoted side. I think, you know, let's say Forrest were in for him last season. I think it'd have been a good signing for them, for example. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's a shame what's happened because he, he could have had a very different career if he, I think, in my opinion, if he had stuck to that right back position. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think he's got any, any future Arsenal's will be fortunate to get five million for him. So with him, with Tavares, um, with Trusty, we're looking at hopefully you know, a minimum of 30 million there. And uh, we're going to stay in the Premier League with our next man. It's a guy that um, has played for Arsenal this season, started a lot of games. Well, not a lot, but he started a handful of games, started some important games. I think we all know who it's going to be. Sambi Lakonga, Chris. How do you feel about him? Mm. I've always liked Sambi as a player. I think that there's a player in there. I think, again, he's another guy. He's he's 23 years old. He turns 24 in October. Um, he was he was captain at, at Anderlecht in his, pre- his previous club. You know, this is a good player. He's played 78 times for Anderlecht before he even joined us. He's played 30 games for us. He's had seven for Crystal Palace so far this season. He's just started to get into the side. I think it's a shame that Vieira got sacked because I think... That gives in that that probably brings in a level of uncertainty, and with Roy Hodgson, has Roy Hodgson been confirmed? Oh yes, Palace boss, yeah, yeah. With Roy Hodgson coming in, you just get the feeling that he's going to say, right, I just want experienced heads. So I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I will be wrong, but um, I get the feeling that that might be a challenge for for um, Sambi. And if he doesn't get minutes between now and the end of the season, I can't see how he's got a longer term future with Arsenal. If you think about where have we been looking at Sambi so far? We've looked at him. Uh, he's replaced Party a couple of times. He played in the Man United game and didn't have the best of games. Um, he was a victim, I think, last season when um, when he put for the, I think it was the Brighton game at home. He didn't play particularly well, but I don't re- think that was particularly his fault. Um, 
he's a hundred percent a confidence footballer. He's a guy that if he's playing well, if he's got belief within him, and if his shoulders don't slope because he's he's not feeling the love, then I think we've seen right, right when he signed for us at the beginning of his career at Arsenal. I think we saw a player in there, but. I just get the feeling that as soon as his confidence went, and I've seen that with so many footballers over the years, we saw that after Eduardo got his leg break, he, can't, he never really came back the same player. Now, maybe that was because of his injury, but also I think there was an element of confidence. And there's so many players, like even uh, people will laugh at me probably in the chat, but like players like Pablo Mari, when he first started at us, I didn't think he was that terrible. He wasn't amazing, but he wasn't that terrible. But as soon as they lose the confidence... Uh, the first Gabriel that we got, who came um, came over from Spain, um, you know, uh, under under Wenger, Gabriel, which Gabriel was that? That was um, Gabriel Paulista. Um, when he came, I thought he looked like a good centre half, and he played quite well with us. But as soon as his confidence went, he was shot, and I just feel like Sambi's probably got that way too. Yeah, Gabriel Paulista, what a throwback! He, I, I used to think he was really quality. I loved him for a couple of seasons. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see how it develops with Sambi because he has gone to Palace and I'm as disappointed as you are that Vieira's gone because he was forming a really good partnership in their midfield with Decore and that looked like a, an exciting midfield. Palace fans, from what I've seen, were really pleased with him. Um, they, were, they were really disappointed that he wasn't able to play against us the other weekend. So I do have the same concerns as you that you know we're going to see a Milivojevic and James McArthur midfield for Palace going forward, um, which, you know, hopefully will be their downfall if they don't play Sambi. And Roy Hodgson will see the light and get him in. And, well, Lukonga keeps Palace in the Premier League. Fingers crossed that's what happens. But would you be inclined to bring him back into the Arsenal first team fold next season? Or would you be looking at maybe giving him one more loan? I don't see how he comes back in. Because I think Arteta has looked at him and said, I'm not sure you can do it as that deep line. The problem is with Sambi is when he's off the ball, like on the ball, he's fine. Um, it's He switches off off the ball and you can't have someone playing in that deep lying defensive midfield role. So then you look at, OK, well, maybe can he, can he play as one of the eights? He's not getting in ahead of Odegaard and Arteta loves Vieira. So that's that right hand left. That's right hand eight position that's sewn up. Granite Xhaka is essentially, you know, he's built like... Um, He's built like a good old-fashioned 1990s Ford Mondeo that never ever breaks down. So, and, and I had a Ford Mondeo in the 90 in the, in the late 90s, so I know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's Granite Jacket, and so and like you said, Granite Jacket's around for the foreseeable future. And I think like we've we've been going hard on Declan Rice, or we're quite hot on Declan Rice, and I can see why. Because Rice could play that other left eight position, but he can also play where Party plays. He's not going to do it as well as Party, but I think he could do that. If we get Rice over the line, I think we should just accept that at 24 years old, Sambi probably needs to just move on. And then the question is, how much are we going to get from him? So we've got a, a quote come in from Fear Robert Stevens, sorry, earlier saying um, we'll probably get 20 million, maybe. Um, Emerson Alan Cozier has said, uh, Emerson said that 10 million for Sambi. We paid 17 and a half million for him. I'd love to just get that money back, but you'd like to think that we could get that money back. But again, you were shaking your head at 20 million, James. So what's your gut feel? Unless he has a really stellar second half of the season, well, you know, final quarter of the season with Palace. Um, he's already done well in the games he has played. If he can keep that up and, you know, Hopefully Hodgson plays him, which we're both not sure he will. And I'm sure many others will feel the same. If he gets that opportunity to play, then I think we could break even on him. Um, 
I would still be inclined to maybe give him one more loan to a Premier League team if if they come in for him because I do still see a player in there. I I don't see it happening at Arsenal personally, but I'm just thinking in terms of making more money on him. So if we could maybe get him to sign a new extension to his deal, maybe one or two years, that could be a good good route forward. I'm not saying that 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 would happen, but it could be an option so that we maximise our investment on him. Um, but yeah, I just worry about. Uh, a route for him into the first team at Arsenal because I, I don't see it. He can't play that sixth role because he has those um, those lapses in concentration, which is essentially why we lost the game at Man United because he had those moments and he doesn't do anything in an attacking sense really to justify being in the Jacker role. And I think we're going to look to upgrade on Jacker for someone more attacking at some point as well. So unfortunately, I think the door is pretty much closed. But if we were to sell him at the end of this season, I think we're looking at 10 million max. And if we give him a loan and extend his contract, maybe we're looking at breaking even or potentially making a bit of profit. So that would be the route I would go down. But if a club comes in with a bid close to what we paid for in the summer, I think it's a good time to just shake hands and say good luck, go elsewhere and and, and all the best. But let's say we get 10 million for him and we sell him this summer. We're up to 40 million on potential player sales. So it's, um, yeah, it's not looking all bad. But he is a player that it would be wrong to say that he's he's a poor player because he has had good performances for us. So we shouldn't forget that when he came in, I thought he looked great. Obviously started games when we didn't really expect him to. And he has had good games this season. I remember there was one, I think he was at home to Villa where he played the Partey sixth role. Yeah, and he, he really was good. really good in that game. So I think where whatever happens, if he can stay in a team where he plays, he'll have a good career. So back to France, this time with Nice. And it is our record signing, Nicola Pepe. Talk to me, Chris. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, it's, not, it's just going to end, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, he's, he's lost the faith of Arteta. Um, it never really worked out. I thought he's actually... A, I've always thought he's a he's a decent player. I've always had a fondness for Pepe because he's a great ball striker. Um, he's a bit of that chaos theory that you talked about. He just never fitted in at Arsenal. Like the system, it just felt like it wasn't set up for him. And especially now, the way that we play, where we're so ball dominant in the final third, it's just not for him. So I think Arsenal will cash in. They'll look to make whatever they can. We might as well just go straight to the figures stuff because he hasn't got a future at the club. We ain't getting 72 million. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Chris. For the sake of argument, we spoke about it earlier. We've not got an understudy to Bukayo Saka. Could he be that guy? Nah, he ain't. He's not gonna. He's not gonna want want to come back. Arsenal are paying him what is it, 140 odd grand a week. They're not gonna want to pay him back for an understudy. He's made 25 appearances in all competitions for Nice this season. It's probably best for all parties if we say, "Sorry, didn't work out," but we'll take. We'll probably take 20 million quid for him if we can get that. I don't think we'll get that. Really? Frank, yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll get that. Um, he's had an okay season with Nice. Eight goals. Eight goals. I think some of them are penalties. But if, okay. if 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 you were looking at him, let let's just take out the fact that he hasn't played for Arsenal. Um, he's not a record signing. I I think a lot of clubs would go in at maybe ten ish million for him based on what he's done this season. Um, and given his astronomical wages, uh, I mean, 140 grand for a Liga team, which I suspect would be the sort of club he would move to, is a lot. So I, I think we'll be looking at tens of 15 million for them, for him. Let's but, split the difference and call it 15 yeah. for the sake okay. of my piece of paper. Okay, so we're up to 55 million. Is that right? Yeah, if you, are you counting Tierney or not? So we've got 25, no. 30, 40, 55. Yeah. Well, to round up, 
what we'll do is let's take a quick look at some of the players in the current Arsenal team that we think we might get a bit of money on. But on these guys that we've spoken about so far, 55 million from players that are away from Arsenal at the minute that we don't see getting back into the team anytime soon or at all. But I've saved the best till last. Following Balogun. Wow, 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 wow. What a season he is having. So much excitement around this, kids. What are we doing, Chris? This is really hard. I've written about this in my blog. I think I've written mentioned it a couple of times, actually. I think his ceiling is greater than Eddie Nketiah's. I think that we would be mad to cash in on him unless a silly bid comes in. So if another club, club comes in and says, we'll give you 40 million quid for him, 45 million quid, I think we probably say, maybe we think about it. And, and oh, sorry, personally, the challenge is, is that Eddie has actually scored goals in the Premier League. Balogun, we, I think he's going to score goals, but I don't know for sure. I know he's done it in the French League, but Alexander Lacazette has done it in the French League. And we all know what I think about he's that. He's doing it again in the French League. <laughs> exactly. That waddling numpty. Um, you know, Lacazette was terrible for us last season. And um, I won't hear anyone say otherwise. His finish the season was absolutely rubbish. Um, Balogun. It's, it's really the Balogun or Enketia debate. For me, Balogun's got, I think he's got one year left of his deal in the summer. And whether or not, I think we have a one plus one extension. So even if we trigger that, it only sort of stays, stays. it's, it's a stay of execution in terms of what we've got to do with him. And he's going to want to play as well. So Arteta either has to say, Eddie, we'll get some money for you, which I don't think he will. Or he says to Balogun, you're off on loan. I mean, this is really hard. Um Ideal world, get him signed up to a new five-year deal, give him a season in the Premier League on loan somewhere else, see if he can do it. And if he can, then again, I think his ceiling's much higher than Nketiah's. So you look to offload Eddie and you give Balogun the minutes as Gabriel Jesus' understanding. And that might actually work because Eddie won't, if Eddie does another season next season as the backup, he might suddenly get to, I think that puts him at like 23, 24, and he'll probably think, no, I need to go and play football. So the timings might work. What do you yeah, think? I, I really like that idea. And I, I just think the challenge will be getting him to sign up to a um, a new contract and then going on loan to a Premier League club. I, I would hope the club sit down with him and say, look, this is the logical route for you. But I would be a bit gutted if you went on loan to a Premier League team and just banged straight away. Obviously, I'd be really happy, but I'd be like, oh, I wish you were doing that in an Arsenal shirt. Um, and I think whether it's this summer or the summer after, I know Arteta has got a lot of faith in Eddie Nketiah, but from a logical point of view, I think it makes a lot of sense to cash in on him, especially maybe this summer, whilst his stock is quite high because he scored goals for us. He's played a lot of minutes. Even if he wasn't to play from now until the end of the season, a single minute, I reckon we could get about 30 million plus for him, um, which would be, I, I think for Eddie and Ketia, a really good bit of business. In terms of Balogun, given he's a bit younger, given the quality of player and how many goals he scored this season, and how regularly he's played, I think we are looking at 40 million minimum if we were to sell him this summer. But I hope we don't do that because what I love about him is variation in goals, scores with his head, his left foot, his right foot, he scores tappings, takes balls over the top and scores them, um, can play on the left, so there's a lot to like about him. Um, and he's just one of Europe's 
hottest prospects at the minute. I mean, we've got a lot of players that are kind of, I keep seeing those lists of like top 10 goals scored from under 21 players. And we've got like Saka, Martinelli and Balogun in there. So God almighty, what an exciting time. If if Balogun was a player permanently at uh, Reims um, and and he was on the market this summer because they, they wanted to cash in, they would be asking for 60, probably 50, 60, 70 million quid. You know, that happens to all of the the clubs in France and Germany. If an English club comes in for them, it's 60, 70 million quid, please. Now, that's the whole reason why we paid 72 million for Nicola Pepe. You know, he absolutely banged it for Nice, uh, sorry, uh, for Lille for one season. Well, it's longer than that, but that one season beforehand, he was absolutely destroying up that league like Balogun, tearing it up. And we, we had to pay 72 million for him. Now, as we all know, we probably paid a minimum of 25 million over what Lille were expecting. But even that is 45 million quid, 50 million quid. So, yeah, unless something mental comes in bidwise, you've got to keep him. Get that new deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's kind of a um, unanimous decision that we'd like to keep Balogun next summer. But I do think it's going to going to depend on what happens with Eddie and Ketia and the decision the club make there. I, I would be disappointed if we cashed in on Balogun and kept Eddie. And I think a lot of people would be. Um, the only slight question mark I've got over Balogun is attitude. And I think that might sound like a bit of a surprise to some people. Um, I do remember there was that whole debacle where he was kind of reluctant to sign a contract of Arsenal because he didn't see a route into the first team. You know, fair enough at that age, you can't really blame a player for that. But then there's this other little, very little thing that's happened um, where he's put out that post on his Instagram story um, in relation to what a lot of people are suggesting was him not getting into the England team for this current international break. And I'm not sure if that was meant for that. Um, I, I can't even remember what he said. It was, you know, trust people that trust you, something along those lines. I've definitely got that wrong. But um, would that be a slight worry for you, Chris, or am I talking absolute nonsense? Nah, I'm not really fussed about that sort of stuff. You know, these sort of things come and go. And, it, you know, he's only a young kid. It, it, once, once the spotlight on him and when when he's given interviews and stuff he's always talked sensibly so i'm not too fussed about that um for the purposes of because i know we're reaching towards the end i want to get a few questions in just as we wrap up just for the purposes of my uh transfer totalizer can we make the assumption that maybe we'll get a million quid from runnison and maybe we'll get a million quid for cedric and maybe we'll get five million for pablo mari or were you going to mention pablo mari yeah so i wasn't going to speak about those three in particular because i think like like i said at the start it's a kind of foregone conclusion what's going to happen with those guys but i do believe if monza stay up which is where pablo mari is they have an obligation to buy him uh, i'm not okay. too sure how much it's for but let's assume it's five million so i think you're bang on with seven million um in your assumption there so would that bring us to 62 million 62 million pounds for players that aren't going to make it at Arsenal, you've got to say, like, it's not bad. I mean, it's still 10 million less than what we bought Pepe for. Um, and when you consider the amount of players, that is mental. But it's it's good. And, and that could, you know, pay two-thirds of the Declan Rice transfer fee if that was well, when, to happen. When you talk about like that, so we talk about how, or, or, um, you know, Declan Rice is going to cost 70, 80 million quid. Seems like a lot of money. If we get, and I don't think we've been overly i think we've been quite conservative with some of those figures you're talking about 62 million quid if let's just say he's going to cost 80 million quid you know arsenal arsenal should 
I mean, we, I think we're about three or four games away from guaranteeing Champions League football next season, three or four wins. So if we're in the Champions League next season, there's a, there's the revenue boost from that. So you can you can spend if you get 62 million quid and you're spending, you know, net an extra if you're spending 80 million on uh, on rice you only got to find 18 million quid and we'll augment the squad with other players so yeah it becomes a little bit more achievable as you said perfect and just before we head on to the questions should we take a very quick look at the players that are currently in the Arsenal first team setup that we think might be sold in the summer so we can finalize your transfer uh, totalizer go on then yeah so let's uh, let's go with the one that's on everybody's lips Kieran Tierney how much are we getting for him <laughs> I think because of his injury pronounce, if it's going to Newcastle, we should look to say 35 million, 40 million quid. But if he's going somewhere else, like a mainland Europe, then you probably get 25, 30 million. We don't have to sell him. So I'm going to say 30 million. So I I, I think Tinney will stay in England um, unless he goes back to Scotland, which I I think would be way below his level. Um, I think Newcastle, though it's a shame that he would go there because I guess they're kind of coming into rival territory um, or at least top four territory. I do think he would strengthen them and be a bloody good player for them if he he gets over his injury problems. Um, Yeah, 30 million sounds about right. I don't think he'd go abroad. So let's say 30 million is an absolute base for him. So that brings right. us up to 92 million. Um, oh, would you put Rob Holding in there? Do you think we'll sell him? Yeah, see ya. See ya, yeah. Rob. But do you think we'll actually sell him? Because he does seem to be a kind of deputy that seems to be happy around the club. Well, if, actually, you're right. If we're saying that we're going to get 10 million for trustee, I think we probably keep him in as that fifth choice. So you're probably right, unless he yeah. forces a move. So let's put that down as a zero. Let's zero that one out for the assumptions at the moment. Go on, next one. Okay, I would have had Mohamed Elneny in there, but I don't think he's going to go, no. is he? Because we've signed him up to a new deal. Um, yeah. All right, well, I think there's only one more then, um, because that's how good our squad is now. I would put Reese Nelson in there, but obviously his contract's up, so you know we're not looking at a, a fee for him, unfortunately, unless the club renew in... I'm not sure that'd be the right thing to do. But the last one I'm going to mention is uh, Eddie Nketiah, because I think with Balogun potentially coming back, he's someone that we should look to sell. And as I mentioned earlier, I think 30 million would be a good fee for him. Yeah, but I don't think, I think Arteta loves him. So I'm I'm going to, I'm going to use power of veto here and tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Arteta will keep him around. So I don't think that's, I think that's, that's a nothing. I think we're going to end up, We'll either sell. I don't want this to happen, but I think we'll either sell Tavares or we'll um, Tavares. Uh, we'll sell Balogun or we'll loan him out. My hope is new contract, loan him out to a Premier League club. Ketier stays around next season. I think that's what will happen. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to say we're going to if we could get 92 million quid in in, in coming this uh, this summer, that's going to be pretty decent. That's very good, very good match from you. We should be on the Arsenal board sometime soon because. Uh... Well, certainly we're realistic with our transfer assumptions. Um, okay, perfect. Well, I think that pretty much sums up everything. Uh, how about the questions, Chris? Yeah, so I think we've got some quick, quick fire ones that we can uh, we can uh, rinse through. Um, Phil Macker said, is, is it true Marquinhos got called up by Brazil? No, he did not get called up by Brazil. That's a different Marquinhos, I think. Um, he, I don't know whether or not he was with the under-21s, but certainly not for the Selecao, the first, uh, the first team. That's a no. Um, second one, again, from Phil. Uh, not happy about the Ozil love in this week. What about you guys? Do you want to have a minute on uh, Mesut Ozil, mate? Yeah, I, I probably won't take up a minute. Um, had some great performances for Arsenal. 
at times very inconsistent, uh, at times quite frustrating in his performances. I loved watching him in the 15-16 uh, season. Um and he just didn't really fit into Arteta's plans. Uh, you know, he fell out of favour with quite a few managers towards the end. Emery, Lundberg when he was interim, and then eventually Arteta. So I think we can all agree that was a, an attitude problem. But fantastic player on his day. I didn't like the trust the process tweet he made when things weren't going so great for us. That that tarnished his legacy a little bit for me. Um, but I wish him all the best in his retirement. Good luck to him. So for me, I loved Mesut Ozil as a footballer. I loved his style, the way that he played. And much like Arsene Wenger, where uh, with time, I am now happy to just look at the early years and not the last few years. I'm, I'm choosing to do the same thing with Ozil. I'm focusing on the first few years and how amazing he was as a footballer for us. That season where he got like 19 assists in the Premier League alone. You know, he was phenomenal and he he made such a difference to our team when he was at his peak. So that's what I'm choosing to focus on. So I'm I'm sort of in the loving uh, for the Urzel loving this week uh, because I'm choosing to focus on the positives. Let's go on to Yomi. Uh, if you're going to upgrade on Xhaka, who would you go for considering the offensive and defensive qualities Xhaka brings to the team? You got anyone that pops to mind immediately? The only one that pops to mind immediately is Alexis McAllister. Um I just love the way he plays, but I don't think there's any chance whatsoever we get him. Uh, and I've honestly got no issues sticking with Jacker for another season. If we can get Rice in and we can rotate the minutes with him um, or, you know, whether it be someone else, so long as we're not playing Jacker to the absolute limit, like we have done this season, because he is going to be 31. Um, I think he, he's fine for another season plus. Nice, nice. Uh, and we'll do one more um, from uh, Emerson, who said, what players from the under-21s would you like to see go out on loan? Uh, this is the bit where I ask you to start, James, so that I can furiously Google Arsenal under-21 players, so I can remember <laughs> all of the under-21s that we've got. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the academy uh, players now. So, Rule Waters, definitely would like to see him go on loan. Um Matt Smith, who I think is 22 now, uh, he's probably someone that we should have spoken about in this because he's been around the first team for a while. I remember he was on the bench for the FA Cup final in 2020 and actually picked up a winner's medal despite not playing. Um, he should be sold or released because I don't think he's going to uh, get a future at Arsenal. Um, Solara Dean, again, he's another one that I think should go on loan. Uh, Cozy Dubry, Um those would be the ones that I would pick that aren't already on loan. What about, is it Caitlin Kirjan? I can't say surname. Kirjan. Uh, yes. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah, he's another one that's highly rated, isn't he? So he would be a good one to go on loan, for sure. One for Enwary as well. Ethan Enwary, maybe uh, Enwary. Well, will he be old enough? Uh, he turns, he just turns, well, that's what they're fighting for at the moment, isn't it? To sign his first professional term. So as soon as that happens... I think they'll probably keep him in the club for a little bit longer to get embedded into the ways of Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Jude Bellingham, you're not going to be playing regular football at any level at 16 years old. So I think it'd be ambitious to think he would go there. But it's it's, it's weird what's going on with him, isn't it? Where he's not looking to, potentially not looking to sign a long-term deal with Arsenal. Yeah, very odd. Especially if you've got Chelsea sniffing around. I mean, that place is the death knell for uh, for young kids, especially when they keep snaffling up every other um, player in their late teens, early 20s and paying them a fortune and giving them 
72-year contracts. But that's my own issues that I have with uh, that horrendous football club. Yeah, I mean, we've not seen any of Amari Hutchinson since they signed all those players in the January transfer window. And again, that's another story for another day. But we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you ever so much for joining us on this Sunday evening to talk through Arsenal's uh, loanies. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Something a little bit different to the regular post-match show. Amanda will be back on Thursday night, 9pm. I hope I've got that time right. I know you're listening in the comments. Um, with Pippa Monique from Arsenal Fan TV and various other media outlets. So keep tuned for that. And then myself, Chris and Amanda leading the line will be back next Sunday, hopefully speaking about a triumphant win over Leeds. But um, yeah, that's it, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. And from myself and from Chris, see you soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.